Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. My name is Will Anderson. And today is a casual TOEFOP day. Will yeah. is sitting in tracksuit pants and a, and a sweater. Normally dresses up for the occasion. I know. I, I And you know what? I actually made the, a conscious choice in my outfit today uh, because I had a shower just before I came. Yeah. And uh, some friends of ours are doing something this afternoon. Yeah. And I, I really can't afford to go. Yeah. Like I've got a bunch of shit that I really need to do. And yeah. if I go to this thing, you know... I'll, I won't get any of the shit I need to get done done and I so won't be able to this is your fail country. safe so I went if I wear an outfit that precludes me from going anywhere but Charlie's house <laughs> so what you're looking at is that outfit yeah not only have I got tracksuit pants on but they have stains on them <laughs> you should have just turned up in your underpants yeah <laughs> just with the big one of those sandwich board signs looking like, like the like... naked cowboy yeah the guys <laughs> The guy who stands in the middle of Times Square, just me outside your door in a big, like, big hat and some underwear. And you're like, so you're not coming to the party this afternoon? <laughs> I often, because, like, you know, and you understand this as well, we both work from home. And, you know, I can spend, like, entire days not talking to anybody. Mm. You know, I'll get up in the morning and like I might talk to the cats, but... I was going to say, you got animals. I yeah. talk to the dog a lot when I'm riding. Yeah, right. Well, I'll talk to the cats a bit, but... but they, they answer you is the, is the question. <laughs> when you start getting a response, that's when you go, wow, I should really yeah. talk to a human being. The cats and I, we all sit around and we have a meeting. <laughs> uh, we go through the house rules. Uh, go over the notes from yeah. last week. Uh, I believe uh, that the red square here, Diego, that means that it was your bin night. <laughs> <laughs> And it was my night to uh, drag dead rats into the house. You've got to really start worrying when you, you're not talking to cats anymore and it's just a volleyball with a handprint on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that I've drawn whiskers on yeah. to look like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I've made Wilson from Castle into a cat. Yeah. That's when you know you've gone properly crazy. Yeah. Your self-esteem's so low, you yeah. can't even have an imaginary human to talk to. You've no. got to have an imaginary animal. Yeah, an imaginary cat. So my imaginary cat is sometimes nice to me, most of the time ignores me. That's tough when you've invented an imaginary friend who's not even that into <laughs> I, did, you, have you, did you ever know anyone... Did you have an imaginary friend when you were growing up or did you know anyone who had one? No, I didn't. Uh, uh, Justin Hamilton had an imaginary friend. I don't understand. Did, is, it, is it a real psychosis where they actually genuinely believe there is someone standing in front of them? Because like, if I had a child that was seeing someone that wasn't there and talking to someone, I think I'd be worried. I mean, I grew up a Catholic and, you know, the exorcist was a big influence. So yeah. the minute I see my daughter talking to a Captain Howdy, yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going to get an old priest and a young priest and yeah. well, I guess keep the crucifixes away from Yeah, me. I guess it depends if, like, your imaginary friend wants to go out in the backyard and play on the seesaw or if your imaginary friend wants to fuck themselves with a the crucifix. <laughs> That's kind of the difference. Or slit your parents' throat. A lot of it's tone. An approach. But as an adult, if you had an imaginary friend who just wanted to play on a seesaw with you, mm. you'd say that person needs psychiatric help. Yeah. So why can kids get away with that? Well, because you're still, your mind's developing. It's your imagination. But I, I have clear memories of, you know, being like a, a young kid and felt no need to create like an imaginary person. Yeah, because you had like eight brothers and sisters. <laughs> there was if three... anything, I was creating negative space. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You were trying to create an imaginary fritzel. <laughs> Cull the herd a little bit. <laughs> I just no. I just imagined empty rooms. Yeah. I, I just didn't see anyone. That's right. So yeah, no. I think that in your household there would, but I imagine that most people who create like Justin's an only child, right? Yeah, right? So you create an imaginary friend, so you have someone to hang out with. What was his imaginary friend called? Mm, I don't know. I want to say Milko, but I think that was Sally. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Chucky. Chucky. 
Do you remember that was, there was an ABC series, like a kid's drama in the 80s? Was it called Chocky? Chocky. Was it called Choco, maybe? Wasn't that Mark Williams? No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was called Chocky. It was, Chocky. About a, it was about a kid who had an, an imaginary friend, but it was... Really? Because oh, isn't Chocky slang for... Like a black person. No. Oh, no. No, that it? wasn't what I was going to say. Oh. oh, no. But it is, isn't it? People say Chocky or Choco. Isn't that why Choco Williams... Is that why he's... I just assumed it's because he's Aboriginal. Oh. Is that why? I don't know. I mean, it's in, in one of those kind yeah. of like, it, it, you know, it's racist now, but back when they said it, it wasn't racist. Like yeah. an old school nickname. Yeah. Isn't that why? I don't know. Oh, okay. It could be, though. That sounds like a story that would make sense. Yeah. Um, no, um, no, chocking. Um, uh, and I only know Chocking? This, yeah, chocking or cho- chocking. What's chocking? Right? Well, this one will explain okay. to you. <laughs> I'm confused already. We're not even five minutes into it. Uh, once on the radio, uh, James O'Loughlin. Uh, people might know him best from uh, the TV show The New Inventors, yeah. but he was a very funny stand-up comedian back in the day as well. And Adam Spencer and I were doing our radio show, and James was a regular guest on the show. And then one day, right at the end of his segment, and James is like a very mild-mannered, you know, he used to be a lawyer, and he's a little like, sort of meek and funny and witty, you know. Mm. Um, not degrading and horrible like our comedy. <laughs> <laughs> In misinformed yeah. and... Bigoted. That's right. <laughs> the sort of person who actually, you know, has knowledge behind his quips. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're very clever. They could be passed around the Algonquin round table. Oh. And then one day, at the end of uh, his segment, we said, oh, so James, what are you doing for the rest of the day? And on air, he said, oh, I don't know, probably just sit around at home chocking me mates. Chocking? What does that mean? Yeah, well, we said, what does that mean? And he's like, oh, it's slang for having sex with to chalk someone yeah you chalk someone sounds like anal sex well I guess so Like, I, oh well, that's what it means with I guess so with his with mates, mates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you chalk your mates I remember this um, <laughs> this actor uh, who will remain nameless um, we once were shooting on location somewhere we're all staying at this hotel and we were sort of staying up late having some drinks and um, he was just telling us a story because I'd never gone through drama school I'm sort of self-taught which is probably evident in most of my work <laughs> that I've never been taught how to act so he was, he was I was asking him drama school uh, anecdotes and he was telling a story it just it was, it was very matter of fact he was just sort of talking about you know and he lived uh, he's living in you know this suburb and showing a house to these guys and then he sort of just straight into this um, he went gay for a year like he just you know during drama school and one yeah. of the guys he's living with they just fell into a relationship he's married now and has a wife and kids and stuff but so it was a very matter of fact you know just went gay and um, he the way he described it because I'd never heard this term before either was um, because everyone rides the old chocolate choo choo once in a while <laughs> And I remember, like, the, the group of us were listening to the story, we were sort of just nodding, and, and then after he left, um, someone said, look, I've just got to ask a question. What's the chocolate choo-choo? <laughs> the chocolate choo-choo. Have you ever heard of the chocolate choo- riding the chocolate choo-choo? No, but I like it, because it, it sounds ye old-timey. <laughs> yeah, like, right. you know, pardon me, boy, have you ridden up the chocolate choo-choo? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. Like an Al, Al Jolson <laughs> yeah. uh, song, the riding the chocolate choo-choo. choo-choo. Yeah. <laughs> I've never... Heard it described like that. I've heard it described as a as a gaycation. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, when so when it's a temporary kind yeah. of fling. Yeah. Like um, Mad Max, the guy's playing the new Mad Max, Tom Hardy. He yeah, he's good, Tom Hardy too. And very casually said yeah. in an interview too that he um he's had he has had sex with man sex with a man. It was it's one of those things where it's like when you're a guy as cool as that. Yeah. And the way he dropped it into the interview yeah. was he's like, like yeah, I dare you. Yeah, yeah. I dare you to make a big deal about this. Exactly. I don't. Exactly. He's like I like, I'm the Fonz. I can hang out in, like, a, a toilet and people still think I'm cool. Yeah, totally. You know, it's just attitude. And you know he's in the new Batman, too. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. But they don't know. What's well, that Christopher Nolan thing? You know what he's like. As soon as he likes people, they They're get in to the be in all his movies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I wonder, who do you reckon he's going to play? Do you, I mean, do you reckon 
it's going to be like a Riddler type villain. And this is the fun of the Christopher Nolan films is that before it doesn't have to necessarily they announce the cast be, before they announce the storyline. Yeah, they did that with Dark Knight as and well. it doesn't have to necessarily be like your traditional yeah. hardcore. You know, the the Joker, someone from the sixties you know. TV show. No, like it's not going to be like Egghead no. or, or <laughs> King Tut. <laughs> oh, I'd like to have a, them have another go at Mr. Freeze. <laughs> I'd love to see Christopher Nolan try to take on Mr. Freeze in like a... A uh, Nolan universe. Yeah, in a Nolan universe. But he What he would do is he'd make... Mr. Freeze would be someone like a, a billionaire ice cream manufacturer yeah. who also money launders on the side. Yeah. And his method of killing people is to... They'll be locked in like Oh, a, no, he'd actually be like uh, the drug ice. Oh, yeah, right. Like yeah, that, yeah. You so know? you've gone even another level. That's even cleverer. <laughs> and the mind was still pretty literal, wasn't yeah. it? I'm still imagining they using like the ice puns. <laughs> ice to meet you. <laughs> Chill out. Well, funny. When, I remember. I back- think you are now a soft serve. <laughs> <laughs> when they announced Arnie, I remember being at uni, and this is like you know a year before yeah. Batman and Robin came out, and we started to list the amount of ice puns that mm. we we're going to get thrown into that film. And even when I saw it, they exceeded even our oh. imaginations. Like. Those writers, as soon as they found out that he'd been cast, because, I mean, one thing, you know, Mr. Freeze is going to have enough puns of his own, but then you cast Arnie and his whole career has been based on catchphrases and puns. Those writers would have been sweating, you know, <laughs> just so they would have got the thorus out and like any kind of alternatives or similes for fr- freezing, frozen, ice, cold. What goes on to that? I don't know. What, what gets us onto anything? Oh, okay. So, right, so uh, sex with another man. Gay, another man, uh, Tom, Hardy. Oh, Tom Hardy. We're Tom talking Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What got us onto that? Um, I just, I just. Oh, we're talking about yeah, because Tom Hardy said he had a gay relationship. Are we going to spend the next five minutes just going over what we spoke it's about? It's much like a Christopher Nolan film. <laughs> <laughs> I really need someone to tell me what, what what has happened. You know what we need in this podcast? We need that voiceover that they used to have at like the start of McLeod's Daughters. Yeah, that previously on Top. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then it could just update what's happened in the last fifteen minutes, exactly. and I would actually remember to finish stories that it started. <laughs> I was I was editing one of the other podcasts um, as the one we just got back from New Zealand. And it starts with me saying, so, Will, you just got back from New Zealand. You say, yes. And then 35 <laughs> minutes later, we talk about New Zealand. <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story about New Zealand. Uh, I, my hotel caught on fire. All right. Are yeah. you going to, yeah, you, you, uh, you um, pre-sold this. What's the radio lingo when you... Uh, talk yeah, forward sell. Forward sell, yeah. yeah. Pre-sell. Yeah, well... I tell them I'm, an, I'm just a podcaster. Yeah, it's, it's forward sell, mate. Forward sell. We're just going to uh, hook them through to the next quarter hour to get our quarter hour maintenance up. You know, it's all about TSL these days, Charlie. Time spent listening. Oh, okay. So, you know, you just got to hook them in. That's, they do that all Isn't the time. Isn't TSL like a, 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 like a cotton underthing store? Don't, don't they a chain? They sell like singlets and underpants, TSLs? Really? Was it DSL? Uh, DFO? <laughs> Isn't it three letters in a row? No, I'm pretty sure there is a TSL that sells like... Because if it's DFO, I, know I can got... just imagine you <laughs> rocking up to a like a KLF concert. <laughs> going to KFC, going to get my tickets <laughs> yeah. to see KLF. Well, I know I've got a three in 26 chance of being right. I know it's three letters. I'm not sure of the order. <laughs> you, you, you thought you were really into emo music, but you just end up in Moe. <laughs> So, um, your hotel caught fire. Yeah, my hotel caught fire. Like, pro- have you ever been in a fire? Uh, uh, Fictionalised. Yeah, I've been in a couple. I was uh, I, on Neighbours. I um, I was a pyromaniac. I was oh. a firefighter who, who actually was burning down Aaronsborough. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was your method of uh, like? You know, were you like the? 
Were you like the Joker? You know, you just wanted to see the place burn? Were you you some sort of, you know, sort of maniac or something? I think it's actually quite common for firefighters to actually, a lot of them to have pyromaniac pyromaniacal tendencies mm. is that the, the pyro- I guess so. to be pyromaniacs yeah it's actually it was oddly enough it was before the black saturday tragedy yeah. um my character had played a volunteer uh firefighter who turned out to be a, a, a like a pyromaniac and yeah. then after black saturday one of the key suspects turned out to be a volunteer firefighter oh my god so i was like they're never bringing that character back oh my god maybe he was inspired by your episode of neighbors would oh fucking hell oh my god imagine if that came out that like, because you know, there's that big. I'd just be touched that someone like <laughs> responded to my acting. I mean, I know it's one of the greatest tragedies in Australian history, but it's like, well, at least he was watching. Yeah. Or maybe you were sitting at home going, oh, "I could do it better than that," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even a professional. This is how it's done. Grab a camera, Cindy. Um, I I, I kind of like the idea because like it's, it'd be pretty daunting though because I know there's in America there's a kid who you know killed someone and said he was inspired by Dexter, you yeah, know, yeah. the TV show. And, like, I think it'd be hard, even though, you know, people like that, obviously, there's something much more going on than the TV show, you know. But, you know, if you heard about that, if you were an actor, like, if you found out, for example... That someone was inspired by yeah, the character, yeah. That you play, would that bother you? I always think, I'm firmly in the camp, it's like with video games, mm-hmm. like, you know, whenever there's some kind of um, outbreak of violence, people will blame video games or music. I, I kind of think those tendencies are within the person... Anyway, like, it, I mean, it, it's kind of like when people complain about, um, you know, an ad where they'll have, like, naked babies swimming around the water. Remember that mm. ad that's complaint because it encourages pedophilia. It's like, well, no, pedophiles are going to find what they want. Like, mm. you can't... I don't think you can blame, you know, the art expressly for that kind of stuff. Unless it's a sort of step-by-step guide on this is how you create, like, a, uh, like a pipe bomb or something like that, then... I don't think you can draw a clear line. No, exactly. It's not like, you know, after you watch The Wizard of Oz, you're suddenly compelled to walk down yellow brick roads searching for people with no heart and no courage to accompany you on some sort of mystical journey. You've got to have a natural predisposition. Of all your storylines that you have uh, done, mm. um, obviously the pyromaniac burning down Black Saturday, if that came to... If it, if it turned out... That someone had modelled their... Yeah, but if it me. turned out that through some, like, I don't know, like Truman Show-esque thing... Oh that your storylines that you were acting out actually then happened in real life. Yeah, right. What else would the world have to Deal look with. out for? <laughs> uh, okay. Say this is the first one that has come true, but yeah. it's been prophesied somewhere that like five of your roles yeah. will come true in real life. Uh, well, there's not going to be... I mean, nothing of that uh, significant... It's the only time I've ever played a bad guy. Right. So nothing that would, um, you know, impact the world uh, badly. I mean, there would be a really pretentious landscape gardener yeah. <laughs> who probably would go on to, like, Jamie Jury-style fame by, right. you know, creating kind of uh, uh, feng shui gardens and stuff like that. That was okay. the first ever role I had. Then um, there'd be, like, the equivalent of um, Rupert Murdoch. If Rupert Murdoch decided that he was going to sort of want to leave all the, the money and, and the pressure of being, you know, uh, uh, Rupert's, uh, Rupert's son. But, oh, Lachlan Murdoch. Hang on, what did I say? Rupert or Lachlan? You said Rupert originally. Yeah, sorry, Lachlan Murdoch. Yep. So if I was Lachlan Murdoch, so the son of a multimillionaire who wanted to leave it all behind and then went anonymously to a farm somewhere and worked as a jackaroo because <laughs> he wanted to see if people would love him for being yep. him, yep. that would be the other legacy. So right. well, Lachlan okay. Murdoch could be, yeah. you know, he could be the other world version of me, yeah. Plato McLeod's daughter. That could definitely happen. Maybe that's why Jamie Packer's just bought a TV network. <laughs> Maybe like he wants to go undercover on. It's, like, not, the, it's not the same as going uh, turning into a jackaroo. Well, he wants to film it. 
So, <laughs> so he's gonna. Well, no, but he's gonna just do it on a show. He might like yeah, you know, right. find a farmer, Jack farmer, farmer wants a, yeah. a, a TV station. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he'll just be you know down with all the wives, you know, just blending in or pretending to be a farmer or something. Yeah. So uh, all right. What else? And then there'd be. Um, there would be a, a sailor who went AWOL uh, just before like a, a, a submarine went a big mission because I, I played a, a sailor who went AWOL in, um, on the beach. Uh, but that was during an apocalypse situation because oh. I didn't want to die. I, right. think, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, if in that scenario, there would be no world to kind of report that story back. All right. Or uh, a cop who, um, I don't know, lived in a country town. <laughs> Had a child he didn't know about, an illegitimate child that he didn't know Did about. Did you have an illegitimate child? Yeah, the, on la- Blue the last series of Blue Healers, which is always the sort of death knell of yeah. the series, is when they rush a child character in. And so I had a 10 year old that I didn't know about. You're serious? Yeah. So you didn't watch? Uh... Not one episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get you the DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I had a kid. I had a 10-year-old for about 13 episodes. Yeah, right. What was that like, working with a little kid? It's good, actually. He yeah. was a really... Chris Corbett. Was he professionally trained? What's his name? God, Chris Corbett's his dad. His dad's a writer. His dad was a writer on the show. Um, and oh, Louis Corbett. He's, a, he's in uh, Charlotte's Web. He played the little blonde kid opposite Dakota Fanning. Right. Charlotte's Web. I didn't go and say that because I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> Does it, uh, did you read the book or was that... When I was a child. But you didn't want to be accused of being a pedophile of reading the book. <laughs> Is that if you read Charlotte's Web as an adult, is that kind of does that make you sort of uh, put you under suspicion? If you read it in a children's playground and you're not a relative of any of those children, uh, he was good. I mean, the thing I I, I quickly worked out having a ten year old on set is that I was getting on better with him than mm. most of the my adult right. contemporaries. Like, you know, at lunchtime, if you needed someone to play down ball with, or, uh, <laughs> go to the tuck shop and get some lollies, I was always down for that shit. So. No, he was good. I mean, I've I've never worked with any kid actors. That are, I mean, I've heard. I know that's the famous thing, kids and animals. But I've never worked with any. Every kid I've ever worked with has been so professional. Like, I guess. I mean, I guess maybe to get to that level to actually be on a television show, they sort of have been screened at least, you know, through the audition process. The parents, the parents tend to be the ones you have to worry about. The film, our short film, The Wake. We auditioned about thirty kids for that, and. It was such a, an interesting process because you weren't just auditioning the kid. You were also auditioning the parents because, you know, you're going to be, spend a lot of time with them, a lot of rehearsals and stuff. And you want to make sure that you're going to get on with the parents. And yeah. some of them were like unbelievable. like so- And you want to make sure that they're not like a lone parent. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if we, if we make this kid a star... For some reason, this like wins an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. And this kid becomes a. Yeah, are you going to sell heaps? Of, you're not going to like yeah give your child heaps of drugs and then sell stories to magazines, are you? We don't want to be part of that. It's 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 kind of weird. Like I I don't know. I mean, if if I had a kid who wanted to be an actor or, or get into show business, like you can understand having sort of worked in it, why you'd be like, oh, you know, don't you know? There's so there's there's much easier much easier paths to choose. But then. The parents who are like, you know, there's some parents who are permissive and then there's other parents who are so kind of almost like driving the career. It's like, that's when you start to go, who, who's, who's this benefiting? Like, are you living vicariously through your child or do you see it as like an economic thing? Because some of them are really, they're like drill surgeons, you know, we had kids coming in where the parents would like, you'd be sort of directing the scene and the parent would be over your shoulder, like, and you could sense them sort of signaling to the kid or telling them to smile or, you know, tell them to wake up. And these were eight-year-olds, you know. I mean, when I was eight years old, I'd be lucky to keep, you know, my attention for in one spot for longer than five seconds. But, you know, to actually no, no, memorize got, dialogue. If you've got a kid, you know, you might as well put them to work. 
We don't live in one of those countries where we can uh, make them sew clothes with their tiny back, nimble fingers. So <laughs> bring back chimney sweeps. Yeah, exactly. Can't can't send them down the mines anymore. Well, Might as well whack them in front of a camera. Well, that's what we did after the audition. We'd get them to the scene, then we'd say, "You uh, see that fireplace? Have you yeah. mind just scooting up there and <laughs> give them a bit of a brush? <laughs> we'll give you a bowl of soup and some bread at the end." <laughs> but the kid who actually got the part, Gully, he was um, he was awesome, and his his, his mum Heidi, she was really great as well. And he turned up, like he was, again, turned up the most professional on the yeah. day. Turned up with all his lines left. Turned up with some suggestions for Gemma. <laughs> like he actually had some ideas about his character and, you know, how we should dress and how we should behave and stuff. The rest of the actors are turned Gemma's up. like, you little smart ass, get back in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> we had him, it was a horrible day. We were shooting, the day we shot was one of those classic Melbourne days where the day started hailing and then it was bright sunshine and then it was raining, which... When you're making a film, is a nightmare for continuity because yep. you want it to look consistent, like it's all part of the same kind of day yep. or whatever. Either that or people are just like, I love that well, short film. The way the weather changed <laughs> every time there was a different scene, that obviously meant something. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that was so deep. That actually happened. We had we had real trouble with um, the sound on it because we had 40-kilometer winds whipping off the bay and there's just no way to disguise it. Like when it's a windy day and you're shooting around trees, it's, you're going to have that in the background. Oh. Um, and it was particularly bad on this day yeah. and, and like we took it to three different sort of um, places to sound mix it and they said look this is the best you're going to get there's going to be a low level hum there's a the sound of a lawnmower in one scene which like I know because I've seen it a thousand yeah. times I'm probably picking up on these things that other people wouldn't hear but every time the scene comes up and it's a very poignant moment all I can hear is like <laughs> in the background it's good though That's, that gives well, it, I we, love that yeah we screened it in um, in Palm Springs in America and uh, they're doing a Q&A with the filmmakers afterwards and this one uh, guy put up his hand and said that choice to have that brooding sound playing underneath of the wind howling and tearing it was it reflecting the lead characters in a turmoil about coming to his friend's wake and I was just like yes uh, absolutely that was yeah. a, a stylistic choice I um, would have loved it in, in the final season of Lost if they'd revealed that's what the smoke monsters were. <laughs> just they couldn't They're like, ah, oh, look, it's really windy in Hawaii where we shoot. <laughs> uh, so we just kind of incorporated it into the plot. <laughs> There's no explanation at all. You know what? I've told you about this before on the podcast, how I go for runs and I listen to Law and Order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the one thing that I've picked up by listening to Law and Order is that the background of the phones ringing mm. it, when they're, they're in the police, like, you know, unit, mm. it's always, the, they obviously just, you know, put that in, in you know, post or whatever. Yeah. So it's exactly the same beats of the phones ringing. Between dialogue. Between dialogue yeah, in right. every single, <laughs> like the phones ringing exactly the same because that's obviously just the way they tape off lots of phones going off. And so you never have a scene where they're in the office where the phones are ever quiet. They've always got exactly the same ringing pattern in the background. <laughs> and now I'm transfixed by it when I'm running. I can't even hear what they're talking about because I'm like, oh, it's the same one again. Well, I wonder what that would, if that would happen for like people who are like sight impaired or blind because, you know, they say you lose one sense, it enhances the other. I, I wonder if that's the same for people you know who are watching Law and Order who are sight impaired or are blind if they choose to watch Law and Order if they're picking up on the same thing because you would start to notice the technical breakdown yeah. of the show wouldn't you definitely um, speaking of child stars yeah I worked with a former child star this last week just gone who? in New Zealand can I guess who it is it's yeah yeah I'll give you a guess okay. that's good that's a okay. guess yeah. uh, well I'll, I'll start with some pretty because you, you normally know these things pretty early on so I'm going to start very obscure okay. but he was a TV child star in Australia not in Australia okay uh, but the show that he was on was, was popular in Australia okay he is 36 years old 
He was born on the 3rd of March, 1974. Well, how the fuck am I going to do Okay, uh, no, I'm not getting. A, I'm getting no John Edward no. style. Is there a P? Is there a P? Yeah. No, I'm not getting. So if, if this was a Fantiles rapper, I'd at least get a couple of lines yeah, into the questions. Uh, he was a TV, uh, a movie child star and TV child star before his big break on his TV long running TV sitcom. Okay, how old was he when he did the sitcom? When he started? Uh, I think he was like about I guess ten or twelve when he started. Okay, so it's not Ricky Schroeder. It's not Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> no. Okay. He is about five foot four tall, still today. Sitcom short. What? Uh, and when did the sitcom? What was the era? The nineties sitcom. I like? guess yeah, the nineties. That's right. Yeah. Uh, give me one more hint. Okay. Because um, I'm thinking of a few. He's he's recently appeared on a couple of episodes of Entourage. David Faustino. David Faustino, <laughs> Bud Bundy. Right. Yeah. What was he doing in New Zealand? Uh, Armageddon, which is one of the, you know. Oh, the comic. Uh, yeah, the like comic, a Comic-Con Comic-Con. sort of thing. But what, what is he, what, what's his involvement with comic books or fantasy? Um, I think that They he, just bring celebrities out. Yeah. Okay. So it's just for autograph hunters. Yeah, I guess yeah, right. so. And doesn't he? Have I a, think Married with Children probably is still on free to air TV. I'll give you. He, I'll give you a bit of like annoying human internet trivia about David yeah. Forstein. Okay. I, I remember when he came out to Australia in the nineties and he went on Hey Hey It's Saturday. Yeah. And he rapped. He did a rap song because he had a rap album to promote. D Lil. What? That was the. That was his rap name, D Lil. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Totally. I, but his but uh, it, the, his group was called Partners in Partners in Rhyme. Or Partners oh. of Rhyme. Oh, right, okay. Partners of Rhyme or Partners I think his, um, his uh, rap name was D-Lil. Really? Yeah. D-Lil? Yeah. What's the Lil from? Well, he's Little. Ah. So. And what's the D? David. David, that's <laughs> David Little. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. We have to start explaining <laughs> rap pseudonyms. That shows how fucking white and uncool I am. So this heavy D, his name is Daniel, and he's quite sizable. <laughs> Now, Jay-Z, <laughs> run me through Queen Latifah. <laughs> of which country is she queen? Eminem is interesting. <laughs> Marshall Mathers. So he's... Relating to the candy Eminem, so you're but sp- spelt phonetically. And, and he assumes different identities, you're saying? He's, <laughs> he has the Marshall Mathers and also the Eminem, the Slim Shady. Are they different or are they the same? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> so your hotel caught fire. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I need to know. I want to tell you more about David Forstein. Okay, sorry. Yeah, because aren't you interested in what Bud Bundy's up to? Not really. Re- but, um, you would... No, I can't tell me. Really? Well, I, I just assume he's living off residuals and doing episodes of Entourage. Yeah, he's a cool well, dude. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we got to it. I wanted to tell you more about it. Okay, sorry. No, tell yeah, me who have David you Fostino. met in the last week who's more interested than David Faustino, Bud Bundy? From Married with Children. Yeah, that's true. I haven't met anyone. Yeah. No. He says that, um, like, he lives, uh, you know, in, in West Hollywood. He had a nightclub and a whole bunch of things. He's got a recording studio in his house now. Well, yeah, well, Lil D. Or, yeah, well, D Lil. Lil D. <laughs> Lil D. It's not okay. nearly as Lil D was what Heavy D was before <laughs> he started eating cheeseburgers. That was his original act. Lil D. Lil D. And then, like, when he was about, like, 95 kilos... People in his management started to say, hey, Lil D. <laughs> Maybe a name change. You're thinking about uh, either a name change or, you know, cutting off the carbs. <laughs> he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Suddenly he's 180 kilos. He's like, I'm Heavy D, motherfucker. What was the Heavy D hit song? Now that we found love, what are we going to do? And what is his famous cameo? Heavy D? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 
Um, okay, a movie? No, famous cameo in a song. Oh! He does a little verse in a very, a very big pop star's uh, like the first single off one of the comeback albums. Oh, yeah. Like around about 92. Yeah, no, I, I... Very big pop star. One of the biggest in the Michael world. Jackson. Yes. And the song is... Jam? No. no. Oh, yes, it is. Is it Jam? Jam, Jam. Yeah. Here comes the man. Yeah, Hot yeah. Jam. Yeah. That's what stands, it was. Yeah. Upper hand. Make a bunch of tracks with the man. Michael Jackson. Smith, Grimmel. That's a man. Max are relaxed. Mingle, jingle. Jingle in the jungle. Bum rush the door. Three and fours in a bundle. Execute the plan because I couldn't like a fan got with Janet with the guy now with Michael because it went too hard to jam. <laughs> Yeah. Hence, uh, I'm the widest among uh-huh. <laughs> my rapping. I'm just no, just I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook you up with uh, D. Lil <laughs> in his private studio. He says that all the um, uh, tour buses go by his house every day because he's on the Hollywood Stars tour, and they sing "Love and Marriage" like as oh, they really? go by. That's pretty cool. Yeah, every day. That's awesome. That's kind of fun, right? Totally. He was like, a, he was a, he was a nice dude. And um, so, uh, where did so you met him at Armageddon? No, no, I, he, he was, was doing show. a TV show. I was doing in New Zealand what does he as look well. Like, does he still look like Bud he Bundy? looks like Bud Bundy? Has an age. He's tiny too, like his yeah. pocket size, and he's like he he he's got tats and shit now because like he's you know he's not on TV an ex yeah you know, child star in Hollywood and stuff. Yeah. But he had a really good sense of humor about him stuff and told us a story about um, how when he was on there was a big teachers strike, and so we were talking about that on the show. And he was just like, oh, when I was doing Married with Children, I used to fire my teachers. Because he'd be on oh, set. Oh, just home tutored. Uh, yeah. Like, well, and they set, would just yeah. come to the set and they would piss him off so he'd fire them. <laughs> he fired like four teachers. I was just like, how different is your world and your life? <laughs> like teachers, you couldn't do anything at my school. You get detention, you yeah. get in trouble. He's, I fire you. Yeah. I find you. I take it one step further and like giving your teachers the strap, you know, <laughs> take it back to sort of like Victorian era punishments. That's I only right. want teachers that I can, I can punish corporally. Mm. I'm, Bud, I'm Bud Bundy. I, I am going to have sex with my mum on this show at some stage. I'm pretty sure they had sex. Him and Katie Siegel. Are you? No, I think you're merging the uh, Brady Bunch. No, no. I think there was, there was a real rumor going around that him and... Really? Yeah. Peg and Bud go yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there that's is a true porno, or not, but that was a, definitely a, a rumour. There is a porno version of, of Married with Children called Married with Hormones that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, there's two porno versions, apparently. Oh, oh really? Yeah, because we, we actually it. talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> I asked, because, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm like, was there ever a porno version yeah, of, of Married with Children? Because yeah. I just knew there would be. And he's, yeah, and they both had really bad names, though. It was like, yeah, so Married, Married with, with Hormones, hormones was one of It's not them. very imaginative. No. Because it doesn't even suggest sex, because if you... Uh, get, well, I guess if you get if your teenage uh, bride, no, you get married as teenagers. You're married with hormones. With that, mm. I mean, you get hormones. Even what are hormones? <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do I have hormones? We have yeah. hormones still. Yeah, heaps of hormones. Where are they? I don't know. <laughs> this is not the podcast. <laughs> They're bubbles. Yeah. If someone is mistakenly, this is this is not a podcast that will ever be on iTunes under Dr. Carl's podcast. <laughs> Listeners who subscribe to this also found this interesting. I know people did find it amusing. Uh, I didn't. I thought I was being quite legit when I was describing. Uh, how testicles work yeah. uh, how the scrotum works how it raises and lowers because of body yeah. temperature because I said not to get scientific for a yeah. bit and uh, our listeners thought that was very funny that I would <laughs> you know preempt that with to get scientific yeah. like we ever get scientific <laughs> on this show um, yeah so um, David David Faustino uh, so he was a good guy. He was really. He was, uh, oh yeah. So he, he said about the pornos, and he said he used to fire his 
teachers and stuff, and he was really cool. Did he have any dirt? Anything, you know, about working on the show? Like anyone who was a pain or anyone who's cool? And did you ask him about the Katie Siegel thing? No. No, I wanted to. <laughs> it's a bit hard, isn't it? A complete stranger. When I was doing my research fuck. on him beforehand, I was definitely going to ask. Yeah. Because I was just like, do you ever watch her, you know, on Futurama? Futurama. <laughs> and just go, oh, I did it to that one eye lady. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Fry. I've already done her. I found her kind of hot, Peggy Bundy, in a really trashy kind of way. Yeah. I have a real thing for, um, for Vegas kind of trashy looking Big haired women. You know how, like, you have your top five and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it tends to be like a rotating roster of who's in your top five. Yeah. I'll always sub in one, like, trashy looking chick. Like, like it used to be Carmen Electra. She yeah, was my right. sub in, swapped her out of putting Kim Kardashian. I like to just keep one of those girls in there. Wow. Just so, just to mix it up yeah. with my high class kind of fantasies. I like to have someone trashy, you know. Some, some cars come with airbags, yours come with trash bags. <laughs> <laughs> Pre installed. I will always have at least one trash bag. Wow. Yeah, yeah no. You don't, you, no. It's, no. It's bizarre that in my fantasy, I still feel the need to just go lower my standards a little bit, even though I could... You, you know. and Tiger Woods would have got on fire. Because <laughs> he obviously, you know, had a thing for like, you know, in public to have these... But then as soon as... Because that's the thing about the Tiger Woods thing, that, I mean, you know, okay, he was a powerful guy who like started fucking people and didn't stop fucking people. Mm. I can kind of understand where, where that comes from or where, you know, once you make the mistake, you know, that somehow doing it a hundred more times doesn't seem to make it, you know, any better or worse. Yeah. But that every single woman that he had sex with were just such trashy, trashy, trashy women. Mm. Like, I mean, he could really have a lot of women. Yeah, and he could have had high class. High class, beautiful, elegant women, but that's not what he wanted. Like, it was like, it was like seeing Bill Gates... <laughs> It was like seeing Bill Gates at, you know, Smorgies. Yeah. You know, you're like, mate, you don't need to do all you can eat but that's for $12. Exactly, but that's exactly why, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean he's, he's married to like like a high class model yeah. type chick. And so he probably just wants a complete opposite. Uh, so do you think there's people at like Esther Blumenthal's restaurant like in London who just like, fuck this fucking gastronomic fucking shit you're doing. Esther, I'm going to fucking McDonald's. I reckon, I'm going to go and get a bucket of chicken. I, I would not be surprised. Fuck your foams, Esther. I, re- I reckon some people would. Like, I reckon that would be a definite thing if you were like a, a, like a five-star chef or something like that. I reckon you would have a secret like a guilty pleasure with McDonald's or, yeah. you know, I'm sure Steven Spielberg loves like the films of Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like, I think it's it, like, you always want what you don't have. Yeah. Jenna said to me yesterday, we were going for a walk along the beach and I, I, like, was, I can just imagine somebody calling like, uh, Mr. Spielberg, uh, we have Harrison Ford on the line to talk about, right, uh, about uh, Indiana Jones five. Uh, just a second. I, I want to see what happens at the end of big daddy. <laughs> They're both pissing on a wall. It's brilliant. <laughs> At the same time. It's emotional. I should have put a scene like this in E.T. I should have got E.T. and Drew Barrymore to piss at the same time. <laughs> well, you know, we, I mean, we've made fun of Adam Sandler on the show, but you, you've seen Punch Drunk Love. I have. And, and that's a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson, fucking indie darling. There mm. will be blood. Yeah. Boogie Nights, like classy director. But he made that film, Punch Drunk Love, because he's a massive Adam Sandler film, fan. He came out and said that he loves Adam Sandler, yeah. but doesn't like his films that much. But no. loves the persona, loves the kind of man-child who's uh, prone to fits of anger. Yeah. And so he made a really classy Adam Sandler film. But essentially, the character is not too far from you know what Adam Sandler does, which I think is is really really cool. You know, like oh no, I agree with you. Like I, I mean, I love that, and I thought yeah, I mean, Happy Gilmore is one of my absolute favorite films of all time. Like it's so funny. Yeah. But I watched um, uh, what was the Grown Ups. 
right, recently. Yeah. Do you know this film? Yeah, yeah, I know of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's essentially the comedy... It's ver- all his friends. It's, it's, a it's comedy all his ver- friends who need a paycheck. It's the comedy version of The Expendables, basically. <laughs> um, so it, like, run us through the cast. In this film, well, Adam Sandler, obviously, and they're all made by his company, Happy Madison, and... And uh, so Adam Sandler would yeah. be your, your top billing. Yeah. And then I would say your second top billing might have been Kevin James. Yeah, who's getting like sort of famous. Yeah, now. he's like a big star, I think, now. Because Paul, after Paul Blart Morkoff, yeah. the sleeper hit of last yeah. year. Die hard in a mall. <laughs> <laughs> um, on a Segway. He had a Segway. He Segway, he did too. That was some big Segway action from Paul Blart. Um, Chris Rock. And then... I mean, Chris Rock's a star, but it's Yeah, but not a movie star. Not a movie star. He's movie poison. Yeah. And I love Chris Rock. You yeah. know I love his I'm stand-up. Sure talked about this before. Yeah, but he is, <laughs> he is movie poison. Yeah. Um, and he will take a movie... Is Rob Schneider in it? Well, this, this is when it comes ah. to... Yeah, the mates yeah. are happy to be involved. David Spade and Rob Schneider. Yeah. So they'd be both happy from well, he's doing. Well, he's, he's still got that sitcom, David Spade. I'm sure David Spade always seems to be working. Like, yeah. I don't think he's short of cash at all. No. Rob Schneider, on the other hand, I think just like is so... Sits around. fucking phone rings. Waiting for... Well, because you know he put all his own money into making that prison rape comedy. Oh, uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. And how did that go? Oh, it turns out people aren't that keen to chuckle at prison rape, which we probably should think about <laughs> because we talk about it a lot on this show. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. The people who download this podcast probably would have loved wh- uh, whatever it was uh, called. Oh, Big Stan. Big Stan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but essentially, I've not even seen it. Yeah, well. But essentially, the whole film was about prison rape. Yeah, it's about a guy who goes to prison mm. on like a misdemeanor and is so mortified about being anally raped yeah. that he trains in kung fu or something like yeah. that. Here come the chuckles. Yeah, uh, and the but, uh, and, but I he, think, and I think ironically was trained by uh, David Carradine <laughs> in the film, who, as it turns out, yeah, you yeah. know, probably was into <laughs> things a bit more twisted than anal <laughs> sex. So um, he sank all his own money into it. Yeah, because this was his project that he believed in. This is the thing that I don't get. Like, I can understand if you have a dream. And, like, I, I applaud this in people. Someone who goes, like, our, our friend, yeah, Greg McLean, who made Wolf Creek. And it was like, you know, he was sleeping on the floor of his office. He was like, you know, yeah, living hand to mouth. He, he sunk all his money and his, like, you know, life into making this thing. Because he believed it. in it. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it launched his career. And congratulations. And I love those sort of stories. Yeah. Rob Schneider did that. For his prison rape comedy. Yeah, and... Rob for Sh- Big Stan. And Rob Schneider arguably had... It was his Citizen Kane, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. It was his... Pro- it was the project he'd always wanted to make. Like, normally, when that happens, it's like, you know, um, it's Ben Affleck, you know, directing a Gone Baby Gone, or it's yeah. somebody going, you know, I've worked to this yeah. point, so uh, I can make my... Ke- Kevin Costner doing Dances with Wolves. Yeah. You know, it's an actor breaking out, and it's like it was a passion his, project. It was his Tom York, you know, solo album. <laughs> yeah. Big Stan. Yeah. The prison rape one. Yeah. Hollywood has rejected this. <laughs> Even my friend Adam Sandler will not give me the money. Like, Adam Sandler, like, I guess it costs... Happy like, Madison yeah. produced, like, a like bunch Adam, of... Like, Adam Sandler did, would did leave... the animal and... He uh, would leave $9 million in his pants when he puts them in the washing machine and not bother getting it out. Yeah. He would not care. He could chuck Rob nine million bucks to make his prison rape comedy if he wanted to. And even Sandler has gone, Rob, I cannot do it. I'm sorry, man. I'm... That sounds like a candidate for our DVD commentary. We should probably get out Big Stan and oh, do some commentary on that. Man, it's like, I, I, well, I, as I said, I haven't seen it. I, I've met Rob Schneider. He's a, actually a very, very sweet guy. 
Um, I did a TV show with him too. I did too, really? <laughs> yeah, totally. Not in, the, not in this recent trip. No, 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 no. But I did one with... Glenn Robbins used to have a show on Channel 7 called Out of the Question or something like that. Oh, right. And it was a really fun little you know show that it was just on late at night. And yeah. uh, I did one with Rob Schneider. And it was fun. He was a cool guy. So why were we talking about grown-ups? We're saying... I was... Oh, so this is who was in the film. Yeah. They've brought uh, all those guys together. Yeah. And it's essentially like... It's one of those great examples of the whole being much less than the sum of its parts. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things that's just like, uh, we brought out the movie Grown Ups so that you don't waste your money seeing the individual shit films of these people <laughs> this year. We've just rolled all their shit films that we're going to make yeah. into one giant shit film to save you some time. Yeah. So you don't have to go and see Paul Blart 2, whatever classic Chris Rock has decided to ruin by Chris Rock's <laughs> hilarious take on fucking The English Patient or Schindler's <laughs> List or whatever he's decided to you know, resuscitate from the dead and ruin. And, uh, you know, you can just see them all in one movie. And what is the plot? Ah, uh, well, they're a high school basketball team. Yeah. Who so they won a championship when they were high school basketball kids, and uh, now they're all grown ups. And the coach of their high school basketball team dies, so they all have to reconvene. Get together. And what's the plot? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about their relationships, Charlie. You see, Adam Sandler, he's a big uh, Hollywood agent now. Okay. So he gets to like play a little bit of funny in his Hollywood agent role. Yeah. Uh, but his wife, Selma Hayek. Yeah, some hikes in it. Yep. Shit, man. Is a um, she's like an international fashion designer. He always gets hot chicks in the, like hot chicks and good actresses in these supporting roles. Like, I guess it must be a good paycheck for an actress in Hollywood. Like, if you look at who he's had, like you know, he had Winona Ryder and Mr. Deeds, and he had uh, Joey Lauren Adams and Big Daddy, and he's always had like mm. sort of you know actresses, uh, Kate Beckinsale and Click. Like, he's had kind of classy actresses, so. They must either love him or it just must be a really good payday to be the girlfriend in an Adam Sandler film. You know it's going to make some money. Like, it'd be yeah, good just in it. your... Yeah. Like, if you want to bank a movie, if you just want to be able to go into a studio and say, my last movie made yeah. $140 million or whatever, you just get in a Sandler flick. Yeah. They make 140 before they open. Yeah. You know, like, people just go, oh, I'll see that. So, was it bad? Oh, well... Yeah, it was but bad. is it was it bad bad? So you couldn't even like guilty pleasure. Oh no no, it was no, it wasn't that bad. Okay. That's the thing. That was the problem. Yeah, it was just really. It was annoyingly kept your interest enough. Yeah, <laughs> like I was reading the paper at the same time. Yeah, right. It was the perfect movie to watch on the plane while you're reading the paper at the same time and yeah. go, oh yeah, yeah, all right, that didn't surprise me in any way. Yeah, but you know, it was it, it was interesting enough. Um, all right, so my hotel caught on fire. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so, what's this? We're at the forty-three minute, forty-three minute mark. We've come back to it. Yeah. So my hotel caught on fire. I was in New Zealand, and um, I was I was having a shower. So it's pre- I had to be at a gig at eight, and so it's like seven thirty, right? So I've, I've gone to jump in the shower to get ready, and um, the alarm has gone off for the hotel, like the fire alarm, and it was really loud. But I don't know. You're so used to alarms going off. Yeah. That you. <laughs> It's a drill. It's like, it is that classic thing yeah. of like, you know, like someone's car alarm goes off. Yeah. People ignore the car yeah. alarm. You know, even the house alarm, I think to a certain extent, other than getting pissed off yeah. if, you know, someone else is going. But no one ever goes, oh, someone's house alarm's going off. I will tell you. I better st- run down the street and check. I'll tell you a story about ignoring an alarm. 
when I was 19, I was living with my mum and she lived in this apartment, um, this block of floor, four, and I was house-sitting for the neighbours downstairs had gone away. So I was in their apartment and they had a lot of, you know, expensive furniture or whatever. So they had this very sophisticated alarm system and they had deadbolts on their doors. Now, what would happen if you uh, got into the house, you had like 15 seconds to get in the hallway and shut down the alarm. Otherwise, this ear piercing like would go off and drive you nuts. Anyway, I was I'm running late for work. I said to mum, I'm just going to uh, go down and get some stuff from downstairs. I'm going to go to work. I'll see you later. So I've gone running downstairs. I've opened the door. I've run in. The door slammed behind me, dead bolted with the keys to the alarm outside. So I'm stuck in the house like because I'm dead bolted in. You know, you can't mm. open to get out with the keys to the alarm locked outside because oh, I've put in the door. Oh, so oh, I'm no. stuck like on like in a, a house that's ready to go off. So I'm like, all right, I've got about 15 seconds to run to the phone, call mum upstairs. I've just yep. said goodbye to her. And let her know that I'm downstairs to come down, get the keys out of the door and come in, turn the alarm off. So I run to the hallway, the alarm goes off and it's like piercing the most ear-splitting alarm. My mum is right above, so there's no way she can't hear. I pick up the phone, I call, it rings out. I'm like, where the fuck is she? I just saw her in the kitchen like literally two minutes ago. So I am ringing and ringing and ringing. I must have called probably about... 50 times in the space of half an hour. Finally, she answers and the alarm is still going like, wee, 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 wee. and I'm like, mom, it's Charlie. I'm downstairs. I've locked the keys outside the door. You need to get the keys, come into the house. And she's like, what? What are you doing? I'm like, you hear that alarm? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yeah. I just thought that, you know, it was like a, a, a cat or something. I'm like, they don't have a cat. Like the alarms, I need you to come down. So finally convinced her to come down and I'm hiding out in the hallway because it's a motion detector. So the alarm would shut itself down every 10 minutes but then the slightest movement would go off again so I'm standing in the hallway next to the phone trying not to move waiting for mum to come down and rescue me so I hear mum coming down the stairs and I hear her open the door and as I hear the door open I'm like mum make sure you take the keys out of Dump, the door closes I'm like mum she's like yes I said did you get the keys out of the door she walks into the hallway alarm goes off again I'm screaming at her did you get the keys did you get the keys no, so we're both locked in there now with the alarm fucking going again and again and again. No, the other neighbours have come out. We were in there for about almost two hours. We were just like, woo, woo, woo. Finally managed to kind of like get the number, had to go to the yellow pages and call the neighbour who lived like the next one across, who was about 87 years old. And so she came down and I saw, could see her coming down to the door by this stage. So as soon as she got to the door, I ran and basically like gang tackled her out the door to grab the keys out of her hand. And that's how Fritzel shit happens. What do you mean? Well, I just oh, yeah, like the people, people don't ignore read. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like people don't go, I'm pretty sure that family used to have heaps more members. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they go? And why is he always seeming to go downstairs? You know, like people just ignore stuff. So I, I was kind of a bit the same. So, so I mean, what was it like? It was an alarm. It's a really loud alarm. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? Somebody's. If it's important, they'll let me know. Exactly. Uh, and it turns out, uh, if it is important, they do let you know. <laughs> they start banging on your door, evacuate, evacuate, the hotel's on fire. Oh my God. I know. So I'm still in the shower at this point. Because, uh, you know, in my head, I've kind of gone, oh, well, if it is on fire, the shower's the safest place to be. <laughs> I'll just stay here, boys. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'll take the risk. <laughs> um, so, no, but then suddenly I'm like, oh my God, like the place is on fire. And, like, your first instinct is just, you know, wrap a towel and run. Yeah. But then I've realized, you know what, it's probably still not on fire. Um, but if it is on fire, I better grab, you know, things that I really need. And then I suddenly realize, well, I'm going to have to go straight to my gig or I'm going to be late. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll get dressed. It's not really going to be a fire. I'll get dressed. I will grab, I'll find my passport 
and I'll find my computer. So they're saying evacuate. Yeah. They're saying there's a fire. They said there's a fire. So you, you know what the emergency is. Yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and fire trucks. By this stage, I'm actually now hearing fire <laughs> and trucks. And you're still like, ah, it's a drill. <laughs> well, it's a big hotel. Yeah. I'm like, unless it's like my room's on fire, I've yeah. still got some time yeah. to get down there, right? But I wasn't like... I wasn't dawdling. Yeah. I wasn't like... It's like you decided to check your yeah, emails. Yeah. yeah. Get a cup of tea. <laughs> you know, just... Uh, oh, you know, I should... Uh, oh, let's watch yeah. the end of Grown Ups on... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh, <laughs> Mr. Anderson. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'm cracking out. I'm, Chris, cracking, <laughs> I'm cracking out a packet of marshmallows. <laughs> I'm putting them on sticks. <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't dawdling. Yeah. Because I was running late for my gig anyway. But I... Uh, but I, I had to do all these things. And so by the time I put on clothes and like grab my passport and stuff, I was the last person out of the hotel. So I've gone down, sauntered out, you know, with like 500 other people standing, like, you know, in bath towels and oh, right. stuff like out the front. Like you've all rushed out and the firemen are already in there. And I'm like, I've got my computer bag. I'm all dressed. I've clearly just done my hair. I'm like wandering out the front like, what? What? <laughs> would have been awesome if you got out and then gone, oh, I forgot something. Yeah. <laughs> I um, forgot the, my chapstick and come out doing your lips. The best thing was they weren't even all just uh, ordinary looking people because Metallica were in town oh, right. that night. And uh, I don't think I told you about this. Did I tell you about Metallica Air? No. In New Zealand? Oh, it was awesome. So... The, the Metallica concert must have only been in Auckland, or originally was only in Auckland. So people from somewhere else in you know, New Zealand, from the other island or whatever, you know, had to get to Auckland for this gig. So Air New Zealand did this promotion where basically for $1, they would fly Metallica fans to uh, Auckland. And so they had this big Metallica plane, right? That's great. And, but, so they did this news report. On, on this thing and this is just the difference between Australia and New Zealand it was off the hook it was awesome so uh, everyone on the plane is in their like black Metallica gear you know like and they are the roughest looking people they're all skull and like you know bourbon coke and shit and like you're yelling and doing so they're in the uh, foyer uh, sorry in the like the wherever the airport beforehand and the news reporter who's doing this thing He's like he's there in his pink tie and his like suit in between all these like Metallica fans. Like he's about to like get gang raped or something. And he's doing a wacky and I realized I probably wasn't wearing the right uniform uh. for the flight. And then you see him going to the toilet and he comes out and he's got like a, a wig on oh, and like no. a Metallica t shirt. It was so, so fucking daggy. It was awful, right? <laughs> so anyway, but the great thing is He's got on the plane and Air New Zealand had got all the flight attendants and the captains and stuff to dress like Metallica. Oh, that's... Well, how do you dress like Metallica? Or just like Metallica Well, like fan. Metallica fans, that's right? Brilliant. And it was awesome. That's pretty But bad. at the same time, so I was like... the stewardesses like, were dressed like The stewardesses that? Yeah, were. sexy, I like that. Yeah, but also uh, the, uh, like the pilots. And I'm not sure I trust. <laughs> like, you know, those two dudes. It's like, is this going to... You know, we've had a few cans. We'll do some donuts, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But anyway, this is the best thing. So they filmed the whole flight. And there's a couple of cool things about it. One was that one of the tickets that had been bought wasn't actually by a Metallica fan. So the whole plane is full of Metallica fans, right? And they're like, you know, playing Metallica music and like they're up on the chairs, like doing air guitar. Really? And, yeah, I'm like, this and they're awesome. filming it. That's great. But this is the thing I was like, if you film that in Australia, that airline will get grounded. Yeah. Because yeah. we just don't have a sense of. Fun. fun and adventure anymore yeah. but New Zealand's still just like oh yeah fuck it we'll get an Air New Zealand plane we'll turn it into a Metallica plane That's you can so do air cool. guitar two people fucked in the toilets 
Are you sure? How yeah. Do you know? They told everyone. Well, no, that on camera. Ladies and gentlemen, we're uh, well, starting our descent, and congratulations to Bob and Tina. No, but they did like a little, um, uh, some couples, uh, it even got some couples in the mood for love, or something like that, and then the camera had them coming out with him going, hey, and her behind, uh, like covering her, her face, face, going, oh, I guess we're celebrities now. Yes, because <laughs> you fucked in the toilet on Metallica. Right. <laughs> And That's they filmed so it good. and put it on the TV news, right? And so, um, uh, so yeah, there was this one old nana who was like, I guess in her 80s or whatever, who had booked the flight separately. So she's on a plane with all these Metallica yeah. fans and they're interviewing her. And she's like, oh, yes, it's, it's very nice. And I'm going to visit my grandchildren and uh, their parents would love to be here on this plane. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so cute. But then they were getting her to do the Metallica sign. Uh, yeah, like, right. and they were like, Rock lock. Yeah. Devil and, horns. And they're like, you know, getting her old, you know, oh. arthritic fingers and like jamming them into place. She would have got off the plane and not been able to move. <laughs> move her fingers from the rock lock like a lifelong rock lock she's poor old lady can't even feed herself anymore because two fucking Metallica fans like welded her fingers in the same place like dry wood just bent yeah. and um, they interviewed a couple who had uh, got engaged in the mosh pit at Metallica how's that go well, you've got to, that's, you've got you've got to be pretty confident that pretty, she's into the same shit you're into. Pretty, you got to just be loud though. Like how mm. the, how do you know? Like how do you communicate that you want? Do you, you don't get down on one. I loved either. it. No, I loved it because he popped it because like there's his favorite band and her favorite band or whatever, and they're in the yeah the mosh pit and whatever. And he said, and he popped the question, and I said yes, and and uh, and the, the the reporters like, and how did the people around you react? And she was like, oh, they didn't notice. They were just like Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> So romantic. <laughs> um, so yeah, at the front of the hotel, when I um, went out there, like you know, there was all these guys who were just about to go to Metallica. So they're all. Not only have I come out last to all these people staring up at this hotel that's on fire, but like half of them are Metallica fans who were just kind of like, "Yeah, let that bitch burn." <laughs> it was awesome. They're doing hip hop fans as well because mm. it'd be like the roof. The roof, <laughs> the roof is on fire. Yeah. So uh, when I got back to the hotel after my gig, it was still there. So I'm assuming it was just... So what was it? Was it anything big? Was it in the news or anything? Nah, I just assume it was like, you know, Metallica fans smoking bongs near the <laughs> fire alarm or something like that, you know. Don't alienate our Metallica audience. Or our bong smoking audience. <laughs> I didn't say it was a bad thing. I just said they didn't like... There was a window. Could have just smoked out the window. I think my sister... My older, my older sister burnt down her room from smoking. She left a cigarette um, when she was about 16. She wasn't meant to be smoking and mm. she uh, fell asleep and left a cigarette on a mattress which burnt down the entire bedroom which is always kind of like an awkward way to let your parents know that you're, you're smoking. smoking. Burn yeah. down, down your bedroom. Um, yeah, no, I, there was a guy at school, uh, my mate Sarah, who was an awesome guy um, but he was the guy who was always getting in a little bit of trouble mm. and uh, him and Ash... Um, I won't use their last names, just in case. But um, they they definitely burnt down a haystack, smoking in the haystack. Yeah, right. Yeah. Were you ever? Did you ever have that pyromania as a kid? Did you ever set fire to shit? Did I ever need to burn shit down? Yeah. No. 
No, yeah, I didn't. I never we had bonfires, yeah. so like on the farm, so we'd have bonfires, and it was yeah for a while it was really fun to like dip pine cones in petrol and yeah, chuck yeah, them on yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. So I was into that. Yeah. But no, I never needed to burn anything down. I was at a camping trip with some mates once where we were all sitting around a campfire and this guy threw in a shotgun shell. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was pretty smart. Yeah, someone on uh, one of our camps put in like a, a tin of baked beans or something, which becomes like a... Because basically in the fire, it just expands and blows up. Really? Yeah, totally. I didn't know that. Yeah, if you've got no like um, uh, vent in it or whatever, like, you know, the... Is that all canned foods or I just baked so. beans? I guess it's like... Yeah, just baked beans. Because they that. make you fart. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that gas. gas. It's all that pent-up gas. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't want to get all scientific, <laughs> but I believe it's all the pent-up gas in baked beans that reacts the with fart the fart gas. Yeah. The, the pre-ingested fart gas, I, yeah. I believe it's called. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's um, let's let's plug the the Facebook page again. Yeah. Um, yeah, join us on the Facebook page so that we can like we're trying to create a little um, you know people who listen to the show and which bits you like and stuff. Yeah, and uh, and and again, like um, uh, comment on the show because we we we, we do read them and, mm. and it sort of sparks ideas for for upcoming episodes and stuff. And and correct us, like you know, yeah, uh, correct. Quite our, often our we ask; lines. these are just desperate pleas. For information. Yeah. So if you do know the answers, because I, get, we've I, I mean, about, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll put my hand up right now. I'm pretty sure I've got the David Forstino thing wrong. Mm. I'm thinking about now his band wasn't called Partners in Rhyme. Mm. I think he just introduced his co rapper as my partner in Rhyme. Right. <laughs> but if someone wants to check that for me, if someone has YouTube, yeah. there's a huge Forstino yeah. fan out there, yeah. a Forstiniac. Yeah. Uh, what would a Forstino fan be called? Uh. Oh, I don't I know. know. It's hard to Faustina Faustini. I don't know. Well, if you're if you're Rob if you you're Rob Sest if you're a Rob Patterson fan, so maybe you're. Oh right, you need something like yeah, that. Yeah, like uh, yeah. I don't know, force. May the Faustino be with you. <laughs> May the Faustino be with you. It's pretty late. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the forced. The, the forced. Faust. No, so uh, you go to our Facebook page and um, tell yeah. your friends about the podcast too if you think they're going to like it. Uh, you mm. can follow. Don't Will. tell them if you think they're not going to like it. Yeah, I don't want. It's not for people who don't like it. Yeah, and don't draw attention to to like you know if anyone does bad mouth or anything like that. Yeah. I don't want to. Don't want to know about it. I don't want to know about it. I'm not getting paid for this shit. No, <laughs> <laughs> I only want to hear good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'd like to know, and that's um, and that's what our audiences are saying to themselves right, right now. Yeah, good stuff. What yeah. listening to this shit. Uh, um, and yeah, okay. And you can also, um, uh, if you have favourite quotes from the show, put them on the Tofop Quotes page on Twitter. It's not run by us, but I do like that page, and I like looking back at things. Although Charlie, you would like to see them attributed because you can never remember yeah. where they're from. No, that we don't have to do that. But I honestly like. Mm. There's been some where I'm, I can't. I don't know who has said it or what context mm. it's in. It's like, geez, we talk about scrotums and anuses yeah. an awful lot on this podcast no that doesn't mean we talk about those things a lot it just means that what people consider to be the highlights of the podcast <laughs> are when we talk about anuses and stuff I had a um, my high school literature teacher he used to get he was very um, pedantic not pedantic he was very um, I know what the word is <laughs> ironically, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> But uh, he used to get annoyed that people would say quote when they meant quotation. He said quote is a verb, quotation is a noun. Like right. something's a quotation, so maybe we should change the hashtag to TOEFOP quotations. Maybe he wasn't for the fucking Twitter generation. We have to save how many... You don't have much time for the quotations once you put the fucking word quotations in the hashtag, <laughs> do you, fucking professor? So shut up. Father Hogan. Father? Father Hogan is a priest. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, he actually looked like the priest from um, MASH. 
Oh, Father Riley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's friendly. <laughs> he's got a friendly he's face. He's got a friendly face. Father Hogan, yeah, he was friendly. He had smaller yeah. hands than me. That's the one thing I remember about Really? Him. Yeah, much smaller hands. When than you me. saw them around your penis. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. That did not happen. I don't know. It might happen. It was a Catholic boys' school. But I don't know. It probably didn't happen. <laughs> Charlie will edit this out if it did happen. If it, if it, if it, <laughs> if it happened, then I probably blacked it out. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Well, that means it didn't happen. Well, you, you can't know, remember it. Look, look if, if it did happen, then I'm sure everything's been sorted out. He's yeah. probably been moved to an yeah. adjacent Catholic school. school yeah. to be Down the road. Taught his lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. Moved to a primary school. Yeah, with a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Vatican just Take that. Well, that's what I loved about the Mary McKillop thing, is that like one of the most interesting things, and I don't, I'm not one of those people who's like, you know, I don't, I'm not either way on you know, Australia having its own saint, whatever. Like, I'm not religious and so I don't believe in that sort of thing but I have no problem with people who do believe in it if that's something that's important to them and she seemed like a nice lady whatever cool yeah. um, but the thing that I found really interesting was that she was excommunicated from the Catholic Church because uh, in Ireland she identified a pedopo- pedophile priest oh, right. and so she got excommunicated yeah, yeah. well an Catholic Church in Ireland <laughs> uh, she's pointed out that one of your priests is touching kids yeah no she's the one who should be punished for that <laughs> Uh, move him to an adjoining parish <laughs> with a promotion. Uh, but luckily, after that incident, um, there was never trouble with pedophile priests in yeah. the Irish Catholic Church yeah, ever they, again. They nipped, so it, they nipped it in the bud. Cleaned it completely up. <laughs> so, well done, Mary. And on that depressing note, we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. My name's Will Anderson. See you later.